No horse gets anywhere until he is harnessed. No stream or gas drives anything until it is confined. No Niagara is ever turned into light and power until it is tunneled. No life ever grows great until it is focused, dedicated, and disciplined. Harry Emerson Fosdick. I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is God's Wisdom for Today, a weekday live broadcast series from the book of Proverbs. Just like a proverb, this show is a short, wisdom-packed nugget of truth teaching us how to live our lives well. The book of Proverbs is an invitation from God to step into the wisdom of God. It is a very practical roadmap for developing the skill of living. Let's dive into episode 43 today. We're going to take a look at Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12. We're going to talk about how it sounds in two different translations. We're going to consider the language and the meaning, and we're going to connect it to our everyday lives by asking ourselves some questions. But before we get started with all that, let's pray. Father, I need your help as we progress through this teaching. I need you to guide me in the things that I say and the things that I think and the things that come out of my mouth. I ask for you to open this scripture to us, to our understanding, to our learning, and to our application so that it doesn't just sit around in our mind or be there and then gone, but instead that it actually produces good fruit, that we receive it and obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. That's the ESV version. The message reads like this, But don't, dear friend, resent God's discipline. Don't sulk under his loving correction. It's the child he loves that God corrects. A father's delight is behind all of this. We are still in a series of couplets that is instruction incentive, instruction incentive, a rhythm like that. And today we look at both parts of that rhythm. We have the instruction and also the incentive. God is generously guiding us into habits and behaviors and attitudes that will help us live good lives. Today we are talking about the idea of how discipline benefits us. We're going to talk about three main things in these verses, the Lord's discipline and his reproof the motivation for the discipline, and then how we should respond to that discipline. These verses are directly quoted in Hebrews. So if you think this is just an Old Testament thing, nope, it's not. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6 says this, And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Let's start with a few terms. What does discipline mean? From Nelson's Bible Dictionary, discipline is to train by instruction and control. 1 Corinthians 9.27 is a reference you can check. The biblical concept of discipline has both a positive side and a negative side. The positive side being instruction and knowledge and training, and the negative side being correction and punishment and reproof. Those who refuse to submit to God's positive discipline, they reject instruction, will experience God's negative discipline. So what does reproof mean? 
From Buck's Theological Dictionary, reproof is blame or correction spoken to a person's face. It's showing someone that you have done something wrong, and I am calling you, summoning you to correct it, to set it right. Some translations say correction, which Webster says is to bring into conformity with a standard. It's a process of rectification, making a crooked thing straight. In a practical sense, you know that, right? You already know this. We have all experienced correction of some kind in our lives. Many of us as kids, maybe in training experiences or on a job, we all know what it means to be disciplined, and none of us really particularly enjoys it. But if we're honest with ourselves, discipline and correction by parents and supervisors and coaches and trainers, if done correctly, it benefits us. I was a swimmer growing up, and if I didn't have a coach that corrected my butterfly and breaststroke strokes, I would not have been able to succeed on my team. Did I like it when he called me out and made me do it over and over? No. But was it for my good? Yes. If I did not have parents that disciplined me as a child, my character would be the worse for it. Parents, coaches, trainers, supervisors, all of those are humans, and they are going to discipline us imperfectly. Their actions and their motivations might be imperfect, but we understand the concept. As loving parents, we discipline our kids. Now, a few things to realize about God's discipline. It's perfect. It's for our benefit. It's normal for all God's kids, and it's motivated by intense love. Revelation 3, 19a says, As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. Raymond C. Ortland Jr. says, When we suffer, it isn't God angrily taking from us. It's God lovingly reinvesting in us. Now, isn't that a beautiful description of discipline? Lovingly reinvesting in us. So how do we respond? These verses tell us two things. It says, don't despise it or be angry about it or hate it. And don't grow weary of it. The message says don't sulk about it. Here are a few ways that we can practically do that because it's easy to kind of say, I don't despise that. I don't like it, but I don't despise it. Here are a few ways that that actually happens in our lives. It's when we don't honor God's authority in our life and he has every right to discipline us. It's when we don't remember God's motives or his purpose when he's disciplining us. He's not doing it to hurt us. He's doing it to benefit us. And it's when we don't shape up or respond positively to the correction. One commentator says that Ahaz was a very wicked man, but nothing showed the stubbornness of his heart so much as his walking contrary to God when he sent sore distress upon him. Now let's talk about Job for a few moments. Job is another book of wisdom literature in the Bible. And you know that I am constantly telling you that Proverbs is general truth. Well, Job deals with one of the exceptions. Job 5.17 says, See how happy is the person whom God corrects, so do not reject the discipline of the Almighty. The verses that we have today are an expanded version of those verses in Job. They summarize and explain the whole book of Job. Verse 11 traces the problem, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary of his reproof. And verse 12 has the answer to it, For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. These verses, however, explain far more than Job. They explain the whole realm of problems, afflictions, or troubles that we have, and they show us how God wants us to handle them. C.R. Wood makes this conclusion about these verses. The pain of suffering sometimes keeps us from seeing what God is doing in our lives. Sometimes he melts us in the furnace so that he can stamp us with his own image. 
He wants us to partake of His holiness so that we can partake of His happiness. If we compare our chastening with our sin, is it not a marvel that it is not heavier? Ortland says, Our wise pathway through suffering is to accept it and wait while God fulfills His purpose. If you are suffering right now, you are probably being tempted in two opposite ways. Both are here in verse 11, either to despise the Lord's discipline, which is the active response of anger, or to be weary of His reproof, which is the passive response of despair. What is your only path forward? Be trained by it. And we see this in the following passage from Hebrews. This is Hebrews 12, verses 7 through 13. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. Let's ask ourselves some questions. What are some of your beliefs about discipline and correction and where do they come from? How do you respond to correction and discipline in your own life? Can you think of a time that God disciplined or corrected you? And what was the result of that correction in your character? Do you tend to respond to correction either with anger or with weariness or despair? Is God disciplining you now? And if so, think through how you're responding. If you're not in a season of correction or discipline, what can you do to prepare for one? How can you train yourself to respond to God rightly when it does happen? Now, that was a lot of questions. If you want a place where you can see them in writing and think about them and write the answers down instead of just hearing my voice speak them and forget them, we send every Sunday night an email that has a free set of journal pages that lists all of these questions and a place to answer them. If you want to get on that email list, go to getwisdom.link backslash email, and we're happy to send those out to you on Sunday evening. As for me, today I'm thinking about Bobby McFerrin's song, Discipline. It came out in 1990 on his album, Medicine Man, and I cannot read these verses without hearing the song in my head. Now, if you're not familiar with it, I will include a link in the show notes. Some trivia for you. His father sings the baritone parts of this song, and he was the first man of color to perform at New York City's Metropolitan Opera. He was also Sidney Poitier's singing voice in the song Porgy and Bess. He has an amazing voice. But this is the power of scripture put to song. I don't just hear it when I read these verses. I hear it when I think about discipline of any kind. It came out in 1990, and I still hear it frequently in my mind anytime that I think about discipline. But it doesn't just talk to me about discipline. The lyrics both remind me that later on in the process, after the discipline, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. But it also points me to Colossians 3.2 as a way to get through the discipline. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And the lyrics say, Fix your mind on things above, above where he is king. And then later, above where we are free. And finally, above where we will be. 
It's a song that plays through my mind, reminding me of the value of discipline and how to deal with it so that when I am faced with it, I constantly am reminded that this is for my good. That's part of my answer for how we can prepare for a time of discipline. If we're investing in our relationship in the good times, if we're training ourselves to respond to God rightly, if we're deepening our journey in the fear of the Lord, then we are more likely to handle discipline appropriately, more likely to be trained by it than to be derailed by it. How about you? What will you do with what you've learned today? Let's close in prayer. Father, I am so grateful. It's hard to even speak these words sometimes, but I am grateful for your discipline. I am grateful that you love me enough to care about my growth, about my holiness, about my conforming to the standards and doing the things that you want me to do. So I ask for wisdom, not for my success, but so that I can know you better, love you better, and love others better, so that I can better walk in holiness. So give me that kind of wisdom, the kind of wisdom that transforms my life into the likeness of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank y'all so much for joining me. It is good to have you with me in the Word of God. And if you found this broadcast helpful, share it with a friend. We learn better when we can talk about the things that we are learning with someone else. And if you're a podcast listener, it will significantly help us if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. I do this every weekday. So if you have enjoyed it, if you have learned something, I will be back here again tomorrow. And until then, I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you.